This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Here I am sitting with uh, the current record holder for holding my attention. Four hours, Espen Jurgensen. Four hours we talked uh, back in the summer. Yeah, we did. Hi, John. Hi. Man, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. I think I've said that about twenty times since you walked <laughs> in the door. Uh, this, you're the first person um, uh, to be here uh, live uh, in my home for an episode since. Now I'm, I'm trying to remember when she was here. That was in. That was before Christmas. That was yeah. in November, maybe. You're talking about Car- Carolina. Yeah, yeah, about Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to say that was in November. Yeah. yeah. People can look and find that episode, but I, but it's been a few months. It's been about three months since I've had. So to actually look into someone's eyes and have a meaningful conversation. Uh, I've done that with my wife. We talk about deep stuff every day, but I have really been looking forward to having you here. So thank you. Thank you for coming. And for everybody that's listening, this is safe. We have uh, some social distance here and the rules have changed here in in this town about having visitors in one's home and whatnot. So we're doing this safe and, uh, uh, we're gonna come. We're gonna come out of it healthier than than we went into it. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, man. Um, you put out. Let me start with this. You put out uh, from time to time these. Um, I call them meditative musical moments. Triple M. Uh, you put out these fantastic videos on your social media. Um, it's you. It's a guitar. It sounds like some sort of pad undertone with an organ and why how often do you do that and not put it out (laughs) good question (laughs) um almost never because i hardly ever do those videos okay so every time you see one that was just a moment i had the moment that you had yeah it's not like a routine you do where you practice by doing that it's just uh, that comes so hard for me because I tend to lose the intention that I um, hold most valuable. Okay. In having that becoming a routine, uh, I like that moment of magic where you feel like, whoa, yeah. the energy now is is different. And when I get that feeling, I've come to the point now where i'm able to just capture that moment and even that was hard took me many years to remember to push the red button the record (laughs) button (laughs) but now now that's a routine so i'm thankful for that routine that every time i recognize a moment i'm able to capture it for for people who are musicians uh songwriters lyricists you know we know what you mean by by that feeling you know that moment that presents itself uh i feel that very much uh when it comes to songwriting um another artist can give me a piece of music where they want lyrics and i always ask them please don't give me a time stamp don't say it has to be done by this date Mm -hmm. Because that pressure of having to deliver, uh, uh, of having to flip on that switch, you know, on command, it doesn't really work that way. Uh, for me, creating lyrics, creating music is always this inspirational thing. It just all of a sudden falls upon me. Is that uh, kind of where you're coming from yeah, then, with yeah. those moments? And 
I'm sure that a lot of people will argue that, well, you have to get up and just work. And a lot of artists that I admire deeply uh, work like that. Get up in the morning, go to their office and just write 20 songs a day. And at the end of the month, perhaps you have one or two that you'll keep, you know? Uh, and people who were, I'm really just in awe over people who are able to work like that. I look at guys like, I don't know if you're familiar with Rick Beato. He's got, sure. a, okay. Yeah. Wonderful YouTube channel. I yeah. recommend everybody go check out Rick Beato on YouTube. If you just want to get into music history, if you want to get into music theory, if you want to get into some of his stories about the inner workings of the music business, great YouTube channel. But he from the moment he wakes up until he, uh, you know, cuts himself off and goes and does family things, it's all music mm. all day long, mm. you know, eight, nine, ten hours a day. Mm. And I admire that. Yeah, uh, I think it's really, really admirable. Some people can do that. Some people can do that. And, uh, uh, you know, we all have our own um, path and there's no right or wrong, basically, no. as long as you get your... Um, voice across as long as your voice is heard there's no right or wrong that's true but having <clears throat> said that i will put on top of that that i do wish i had a better grasp of music theory that's what brought me to rick beato i heard about him maybe i ran across uh, one of his videos at random where he was talking about music theory i don't understand music well i don't want to say i don't understand music theory i don't have a <sighs> You know, it's like I, I can speak Spanish, but if I were to try and explain the grammar and the sentence structure and, and all that stuff, I couldn't do that. And mm. it's kind of like that with music. I can pick up a guitar or I can sit at the piano. I can write something, but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what a B minor seventh <laughs> chord well, is. I don't know what that is. You don't have to. Well, am I missing you know. something? How are you with music theory? Well, you don't have to know music theory for starters starters I, I mean the beatles and bob dylan are great examples you know well, yeah, uh, that's a great example and that just people working out of intuition yeah. like dylan said that when he was at the height of his creative or at his creative peak mm -hmm. he 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 was almost like uh in a parallel universe and he didn't understand what he wrote yeah he didn't feel like he wrote it even he fe felt like it was channel he yeah. was channeling and probably he probably was neil young has said things like that about his his yeah. way of working yeah. So. yeah but then but see you also have you know like paul let's take paul mccartney uh he's written some very beautiful melodies and when you break it down there's some very complex musical theory in there that's, and i'm that's thinking thing. and so, i'm thinking if you knew that musical theory wouldn't that enhance your songwriting prowess wouldn't you then be able to channel that knowledge into your moments of inspiration well uh in a way uh of course knowledge can almost never be um can't get too much knowledge but then no. again you can get caught up in the knowledge and, that's right and and uh, you don't want to be caught up in that knowledge you want to be just channeling uh whatever comes through you yeah and uh you can't use your brain for that. No. Well, it's like or you said. Or your mind. Yeah, like you, you said, you don't plan these these no. videos that you put up impossible. on your social media. It just happens. It's impossible to plan. There, and there's the beauty of it. That spontaneity is just... So that's why you have to live in a certain way that makes the soil ripe or, or ready for 
for those moments to arise. Because if you've spent your entire day worrying about paying bills, if you've, if you've argued <laughs> exactly. with people, argued with people on social media, if you've got yeah. a bad relationship at home, how is it possible for those musical moments of inspiration to hit you? It doesn't happen. A lot of people say, well, you've got to live the blues to write the blues. Well, not not, guess, a, not at the guess, same time often. Yeah, you know, it's okay to write the blues in a um, documentary way, you know, you're documenting something that has happened to you. But I believe, for me anyway, if I'm right in the middle of moments of chaos, I am so far away from any musical moment that I could possibly be. Yeah. I write from periods of peace, periods of inspiration, um, uh, and, and peace is what opens the door for those inspirations. That's the way I. That's the way yeah. it hits me anyway. So for me, uh, to answer your question, for me. Uh, it's Music theory right now. I'm back uh, at the school bench uh, in my own house. Yeah, though, but uh, you're saying uh, yeah, yeah, because I like to study composers every now and then, and for me that's my way of of studying music theory. So instead of sitting there with a theory book, yeah. which is really dry and really unmusical and and 100 theoretical, mm-hmm. which kind of kills me yeah, <laughs> I me too. yeah i can't do that i dropped out of a music theory class in college yeah. i i was taking this class and it was just so dry and boring and i i'm like i can't do this so instead i study composers yeah and i you listen in other words i listen i transcribe yeah and i study sheet music um but the process that kind of makes the theory stick in me is when i transcribe works ah, okay yeah so i sit and listen yeah. and i figure out what notes are those and i write them down okay. and i transcribe works and i will of course pick works that i love that i don't mind listening to again and again and again we're know? talking jazz we're, we're talking, talking classical we're talking uh, any style basically okay. but right now i'm working with ralph towner which is one of my favorite composers he plays piano and guitar but mostly guitar mm-hmm. uh and i love his music and 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 he's a studied guy comes from a jazz uh classical guitar background and and uh, studying his music is just opening up my mind to no relationships so here's the thing uh, i don't think you have to know the names But when you have a intuitive grasp of the relationships between the notes, right. that's when you can be able to just paint on, yeah. on command. I'm know? playing this chord. It's natural to go to that chord, yeah. to go to that. Yeah. But you have to assimilate and, that knowledge. Yeah. You can't be sitting there going, oh, it would be smart. Yeah, you kind of have to, to know play this chord now. But that's where <laughs> the studying comes in. It put, it imprints that into your musical yeah. brain ma- ma- so that when muscular you're... Muscular memory. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that when you're in that creative moment, you, you don't even have to think about it. You can't think about it because it, it won't happen. have any value. Let me ask you about your, your um, again, these, these videos that you're putting up. I'm going to put a link uh, to this so oh, people can see you. it. I think it's beautiful when you do this. It's such a meditative moment, you know, three, four minutes of, of, of peace. Mm-hmm. I love it. But when you're doing this, um, talk about your signal chain because it's not just you and a guitar. We hear a pad of some sort of synthesizer keyboard thing underneath. <clears throat> what, are you, what are you doing there? Well, I really love like expanded sounds. I'm really fond of the pure acoustic guitar sound, but I'm also a huge, like, Brian Eno, Daniel Lanois fan, and I love those 
just manipulating sounds and yeah. oh what happens if i put the sound through this thing yeah. you know yeah uh, but the rig i have now which i've worked on for years uh, uh to, to get the way i i wanted it is it's a, a really nice way to have control over both so i have a signal chain which my pure guitar acoustic signal is is a two-way signal it's a magnetic pickup in the sound hole mm-hmm. that captures uh, the sound of the strings, just like an electric guitar uh, pickup would. Mm-hmm. So you have really, really control. No ambience, no, no, no. Uh, very few harmonics. It's right. just very clean, yeah. uh, uh, straight sound from the pickup. Mm-hmm. And then I have a transducer from Erlen mics uh, in Sweden that I just stick to the top of the guitar. Okay. And that captures all the transients and the the overtones and the the acoustic liveliness yeah. of the sound so i combine those two into a lexicon reverb and into through my shirtler uh, acoustic amp and that's kind of my main acoustic guitar okay. sound but the magnetic pickup is split in two okay well, actually it's split in three. Oh, uh, now we get complex <laughs> yeah uh, and i have uh, volume pedals to just you know so you can get that sound get swell. Get in uh, different chains. And those chains consist of a, a Mellotron box and various um, um, reverbs and and, uh, and some Mugerfugers and some old, uh, you know. So is it because you have this stereo split on that mic uh, going into different reverb um uh, lengths is that what gives it that wonderful pad like almost like a keyboard like sound underneath is that what that is oh yeah that uh, that in addition to that that signal that creates that pad thing mm-hmm. is is uh, there's no no pure guitar signal it's it's the mellotron uh, it's a uh, oh. electroharmonics uh, mel 9 it's called it's a, it's a box that simulates the the old mellotron remember okay, that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. first sampling synth yeah. uh, kind of thing from the beatles, the beatles strawberry yeah. fields strawberry and, fields yeah uh, people will will know that sound and uh, and that's turned on 100% effect and oh. 0% direct so it's just okay, the effect just the, so interesting so when i play that uh, and i put it on choir for instance you just hear and there it is. Acquired. There it is. Yeah. And then I put that sound into um, Mary's Mercury Seven, which is an amazing reverb pedal inspired by the movie Blade Runner. Uh-huh. Uh, and I love products like that that are made by enthusiasts and that have a direct kind of inspiration, like this, like the Blade Runner movie, right. which is one maybe my all-time favorite film. And um, uh, so then I have kind of, um, and I have a drone signal as well which goes through some vintage moog stuff and and, and uh, some chase please audio pedals so i have three signals and they're not stereo they're three mono signals three mono signals yeah uh, that i can kind of that can wane and wax into the right. sound and i yeah. can just make this this continuous landscape because what inspires me to what what kind of sets my spark if you will is is when there's a new sound into the field. So I like to have pedals, like the Chase Bliss pedals are doing this really, really great, is to 
give me random sounds that are uh, that you hard don't even know to anticipate. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Because that kind of triggers my creativity. When, yeah. ooh, oh, that was nice. And then you get this synchronicity uh, and serendipitous uh, kind of See, this fasc- it know. fascinates me because there's so many elements, you know, like I said, to start off this part of the conversation, it, it's more than just you and an acoustic guitar. It's you and all of these other elements. Mm-hmm. And you are... It seems like it could very easily become chaotic, and yet you're sitting there, you're so calm, and it's far from chaotic. Mm. It's quite, it's just, like I said, it's a moment, it's it's three or four minutes of absolute peace. Well, it's because it's 20 years in the 20 work. years of practice. <laughs> yeah, of kind of cultivating that frame of mind to controlling that thing. Yeah. I took a choice way back when, when loops, loop pedals yeah. came onto the market, and I went out and bought a boomerang, one of the first like high-end loopers. And I worked with it a bit and I could see that, oh, I can see where this is going. Yeah. And I made a conscious choice to just take it out of the equation again. Uh, so my, I have two dogmas. It's that all the sounds that I create m- must come from my, initially from my acoustic guitar. So I don't have any external sound signal it's yeah, all guitar it's all although it's manipulated and and tweaked so it sounds like something else like but a its choir origin or, is but the its guitar. origin is guitar that's one of my dogmas yeah and the other one is no loop pedals no loop pedals just because i knew that it was gonna take over the world and it did and yeah. you got you know ed sharon and all those guys doing their thing and and, and they do it well but it's not that. It's just that I knew that I wanted to go a different path yes. and give myself different challenges than yeah. just stacking loops on top of each yeah. other because yeah. I like to I like fresh things. I like that things are fresh and every moment is fresh. Every nanosecond is a new yeah. nanosecond. And I like to kind of for me my spirituality and my spiritual life is very, very much translated through my music. It's yes. it's inseparable actually. It's my music is my spiritual practice, yeah, yeah. If, if you will. So that's why these things are important, and I'm not just kind of like approaching it like a, a like a, a workman or you know like a utility thing. No, right. it's how you use it and everything. Because that's a good argument, you know. A loop pedal is great. It's just only how you use it. But for me, it's a spiritual thing. So for me to take the loop pedal out of the equation yeah yeah um limits me in a way and then i have to get creative there you in go. a different way there you go and that excites me so that's the way i do it do you have anything in the works now as far as an upcoming release i have i would as a as a fan can i call myself a fan as, oh, as, a, as, a, <laughs> as a friend as a friend who enjoys your music yeah. i would mm. love to have an album made by you that is just a series. Maybe it doesn't even have to have a break. Just one long 35, 40 minute series mm, mm. of things like what you put up on social media. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm the only person who would enjoy something like that. For me. I mean, it really is beautiful right. work. I it really right. is beautiful work. Thank you, man. And and I'm working on a rec- album like that. At, at, at Are you? Speak. Okay. Yeah. Good. And, and um, although I've worked on long form music, I started out like at the end of the 2000s. I made some stuff that were like 30 minutes long and 40 minutes long. Mm. And um, while that's all well and good, uh, I've I'm at a place now where 
I, I'd rather make like pop song length, a little, mm. you know, places that people can go, but that have um, a really, really strong connection with each other. So I see. So when you play the record, it's not a lot of long songs or no. a few long songs. It's it's just like listening to a rock record or a pop record, but it's a journey. A series of statements that are connected. That are connected. And telling that, a story. Exactly, yeah. telling a story. Um, because that, I was thinking about it this morning when I made um, breakfast for my uh, son, and I put on a record from 1973 by Nicky Hopkins. Uh, he's the guy who played piano for the Stones back uh, in that time. And yeah. he made a solo album in between like the peak of... Uh, of all the work they did that and yeah. his career which yeah. kind of peaked around that time and he played with all the badasses you know yeah so that that solo record uh, by nicky hopkins called um, the tin man was a dreamer which is a great title it is they <laughs> <laughs> get through they get through <laughs> uh it's just you know george harrison plays slide guitar on every track yeah. you know uh, uh and uh, it's just all the you know great guys from that period yeah. you know that are helping him you yeah. know uh making this record so it's a yeah. it's a great record but my point is that it has this cinematic you, you find this in in a lot of rick wakeman's solo work as, as well like uh, which a brilliant musician by yeah, the way and, and for me it was kind of what what set me on my path were like the the, the, the records um the myths and legends of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and Journey to the Center of the Earth and Goodbye Elbic Road by Elton John and these epic records that kind of you just you just lose yourself in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you come out, it's like you've been watching a movie or, or read a novel or something. You feel so, you have a feel, it puts you in a place. Yeah, it's more it than just listening to yes. a good song. Yes. It, it puts you in a place yeah. of adventure. Yes. So that's that's what inspires me most, and that's what I'm striving to to kind of um, manifest this, those kind of uh, things. We think a lot alike in that sense. That's the kind of music that inspires me the most. Um, we watched my wife and I. We watched a uh, documentary. I believe it's just called Laurel Canyon. It's about Laurel Canyon. It's a, I see. Have it. you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, the photographer who is featured all throughout that, I'm trying very hard to get him on my podcast. Get him, man. <laughs> uh, but um, that, uh, I, I, it's just a beautiful image to think about all of these epic musicians literally living on top of each other. And you could walk down the street and another top musician is there working on something and they welcome you in and all of a sudden... You're part of someone else. You know, this this communal sense of we're supporting each other's music. The, uh, the quote from Glenn Frey is so amazing because he shared a, a, a flat with uh, Jackson Brown at one point. Yes. And he uh, said that, I learned how to write music by li lying in my bed, listening to Just Jackson yes. creating in, Isn't the, that uh, in the first floor. So he's just lying there, and because and, and, Jackson was on it all the time, just up in the morning, he was one of those guys, just got yeah. up, yeah. got his coffee and sat down yeah. and wrote songs all yeah. day, every day. That's yeah. what he did. Imagine being in that environment. And Glenn Frey... Just lying in his bed in the second floor, just taking just notes listening. Yeah. and listening. Yeah. And yeah. oh, he's doing that, like that. Oh, clever, you know, and just soaking it up. And 
Yeah, imagine being in an environment like that. What, what happened? Amazing. Why? Why? Why is there no environment like that? And I'm thinking of Norway specifically. It's such a small country here. Um, people in the music business are more similar than they are different. Where is that sense of communal support? Where is that sense of common struggle? It seems like it's every man for themselves and. Or maybe this is just my experience. Maybe there's something wrong with me. <laughs> maybe. Let me let me analyze myself a little bit. But I yeah. I uh, think where's Norway's Laurel Canyon? Well, we we're not a big enough country. Yeah, but I would think that that would um, my answer to that. Yeah, I would think that that would be the reason why there would be more of a sense of togetherness. There is a sense not- of togetherness, but you have to keep in mind that when you have such a great vast area of land like the United States is. Uh, And all of a sudden, talents from, even from England, but from very many different states go, I want to go out to California. And all of a sudden you have these hundreds of people that don't know of each other. And they all of a sudden meet in this tiny little place called Hollywood, you know, which is a tiny little town. It's just town. Yeah, and then you got all the best talent from Wisconsin and from Texas and from Oklahoma yeah. and w- yeah. whatever you couple know. Couple of British guys, couple of British yeah. guys. All yeah. these people congregate, congregate at this tiny little place called Hollywood, and or and even at the same club called the Rainbow Bar and Grill. Yeah. And that's where they meet. Yeah, and they go whoa, and then all of a sudden you have all these talents. At, at this tiny little space, and then it has to combust, you know, it has yeah, to yeah. just explode yeah. into a creative. Maybe it's just not able to be duplicated, regardless of whether it's in Norway or back in the United States. That's just a time that's gone by. Maybe that'll never It is a time that has gone by. It'll never come back. And I don't believe in duplicating things. I believe in being in the moment and seeing what the moment is telling you uh, always, always. Yeah. So if you're not living in a place where you have uh, Joni Mitchells and, and the Bob Dylans and, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> Crosby, Stills and Nashes yeah. and Neil Youngs around yeah. you and Jackson yeah. Browns and Glenn Frey's and Don Henley's and whatnot, you know, see what happens when I yeah. list all these yeah, things. You, you know, just, you your just mind just yeah. go, yeah. you yeah. know, and if you don't have an environment like that, you have to find your inspiration somewhere else. And, that, the great thing is that the creative force, this is my belief, that the creativity is the driving force in the universe. So the universe exists for being creative. It's kind of the closest I've come to, to analyzing why the hell we're here, you know? And that, that means that I can be creative wherever I am. I just have to open up to it and not limit myself by thinking, oh, I would have written a song if I'd only had this guitar yeah, or right. if I'd only had this buddy here or if I'd only had a bear or if I'd only had, uh, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You can you can make up excuses till the cows come home. But at the end of the day, you don't need anything but connect to source and connect to the divine eternal and, and to which is pure love. And creativity, and there you go, and then create. It really is that simple. It, it really is that simple. Um, what is it that gets in the way of that? Why isn't everyone thinking? Ideas. 
ideas, yeah. thoughts about how things should be. Should be. Looking at, oh, he did like that. Maybe I need this plug-in too. Because well, and as soon as someone thinks of how things should be, now they've taken themselves out of the moment. Out they're of, not, they're no the longer dome. in the now. No, you're no longer in the now. You're thinking, you're analyzing, analyzing, you're living in your head totally. Uh, only uh, your heart is excluded from the equation. You basically have three ba- brains, and people will know this, even though uh, it's controversial perhaps to say. You have your brain, you have your heart, and your stomach. And and those three are kind of your guiding lights. And sometimes it's smart to use your brain. Sometimes it's smart to listen to your gut instinct. And sometimes your heart will tell you, oh, you got to go and do that. Uh, and But most of the time, it's a combination of all three, you know? You don't think anyone is dominant. Do you think those three areas of consciousness, if we can call it that, are equal? There, yeah, there's no hierarchy there's no, in your body. The heart, does, the heart should not surpass the, the head. Well, think words. about it. What's more important, your heart or your brain? Yeah, you know, that's a hard question to answer. Well, there's no, they're, there's no, they're equal, yeah, aren't they? Exactly, exactly. So you can't put those things in a hierarchy. You just have to accept that you're part of a system. You live in a vessel, which is your body which is a system that you have to operate like an engineer, yeah. you know? And, and, and that means even though engineers are considered to be very low on spirituality, <laughs> forgive me engineers out there, I love you guys. <laughs> but but, but, but that, that's a common kind of myth. And, and, and I think that uh, it's not like that. I think that when you live in this amazing thing called the human body, and learning to navigate it, learning how it works, is kind of uh, the meaning of life, basically, because it's a lot of fun to see, wow, what I think, how I perceive the outside world, or, or is, is kind of what is created. Yeah. So I have, it's all in my power to just create the world around me by the way I conduct myself in yeah. the world. And, and and that's kind of like a flower. Understanding what I just said is kind of like a flower that opens more and more and more. If you dwell and meditate on that conundrum, it will just open more and more. And more and more you will see that, oh, yeah. Do you it. set aside time every day to, to uh, you know, just clear a meditative moment? Do you yeah. set aside time? Yeah. How, how much time do you use on that? It varies tremendously. Like today... Um, I set aside 15 minutes before I left mm-hmm. just to align myself because it's yeah. I, I'm it's typical me. I'm getting up early today to come and see you. Yeah, thank you for that. So I sit up late analyzing Ralph Towner's music <laughs> like <laughs> till two o'clock, and that's typical me. Yeah. Whenever I have an appointment in the morning, I can't <sighs> get my ass to bed. But when I have nothing on the schedule, then. I tend to go to bed at nine thirty. You know? <laughs> So that's some self-destructive kind of a thing <laughs> that I've just embraced and yeah, learned to love. Yeah, and and yeah. I knew this for days that w- when you first called me that I knew that, uh, okay, I'm going to be tired then. So I'll just start to prime myself and, and focus myself. And I know I'm going to get through it, even though sure, I had sure. a couple of hours uh, sleep, too little sleep. But no, it's... Um, <sighs> It's just being, relaxing into the moment every time. Yeah. Regardless uh, of the situation. Regardless of the situation, regardless of anything, don't expect anything. Don't expect that something's going to come out of it other than, you know, I knew that probably I was going to get a good cup of tea and I knew that I was going to meet, meet up with you, um, which is always a heartfelt thing. So 
that's all I kind of, but even that's assuming, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe you. I might, I might be an asshole today. No, but maybe, <laughs> maybe five minutes before I come, maybe you slipped and fell and you had to go to the hospital, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, we, we never know. Maybe I yeah. slipped and fell, yeah, you, know? you know? Maybe I got run over by a car, you know? <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So just. It's all about living in the now. All about. There's some challenges in, in that, but but uh, the benefits far outweigh any challenges of living in the now. Yeah, and just because there's challenges, just just shouldn't mean that you put it off. Exactly. Uh, uh, because what is not a challenge? Your work is challenging. Yeah. Your driver taking a driver's license is challenging. Yeah. Um, raising children is challenging. I mean, what's not challenging? <laughs> you uh, know? Talk about raising children! My goodness, now, our, our daughter is 15 years old, and oh, she's an angel. There's mm -hmm. there's no issues with her. But I had this horrible dream last night that she had started smoking, and she and I were fighting physically, fighting about that. Oh yeah, you shouldn't fight her if she starts smoking. I know. Smoking. What's up with that? What kind of dream is that, man? Well, maybe that's something in you. Maybe that's oh. some kind of a, a, a you know. There must be some element of my conscience that led me to that dream. I believe you dream about what you sincerely think and feel. You may not be aware of it, but it's there and it comes out in dreams. I can suspect that you being um, uh, an athlete, uh, you're in an environment a lot of the time that loads cigarette smoking, where, where this is just frowned upon, Yeah. right? Yeah. So you get that, even though you're not consciously thinking about that, you get that energy yeah. every time you're in this milieu and every time you're with talking with people that the underlying thing that no one even needs to talk about is that mm. we loathe cigarettes and people who smoke are stupid or what, whatever. You yeah. Know? And it's not that simple. It's, it's it, when she woke up this morning, I almost want to go right up to her, give her a hug and say, I won't fight you if you want to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crazy dream that just came out of nowhere. And it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Dreams are a signal of what we... An if internal it's not process. Yeah, it's something that obviously needs to be handled. Otherwise, we wouldn't. it wouldn't come up in our subconscious. So I read two things from that dream. It's one, that you love your daughter and you want her well-being. And uh, two, you hate cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do. Um, I'll, I will never put a stamp on someone's forehead uh, and call them a loser or less than moral if they smoke. But I, I do think cigarette smoking is absolutely disgusting. I have... Um, you uh, know, uh, again, intentions is everything. And there are tobacco plants that are being grown for commercial profit. Yes. They're being sprayed with chemicals. Yes. It's like the meat industry. It's just like, you know, yeah. living things that just pass through on, on this you know, a factory and just becomes a product. You know, there's no heart, there's no empathy, there's no nothing. And even for plants, we have empathy. And everyone who has greenhouse plants know that, that you have to give them love and water and, um, or else they'll die. Yeah. And so with every living thing, it's like that. So you have to give it love and attention. So I've smoked tobacco, which has, have been grown by shaman from South America, Without, with an intention that it's a sacrament for a ceremony or for healing, it's got no. The intention is love. 
it's and isn't not that closer to, to get the, you addicted. Exactly. <laughs> isn't that closer to the earth then? It's a different experience, yeah. uh, even down to the, I'll call it the mechanics of it, the way it smells, the way it looks yeah. is different from what people see. Yeah in these packages of, of, of cancer sticks. It's a big, big difference. Yeah, because then it's just, you know, it's made into a product uh, um, made to get you addicted so you'll continue spending that yes. money. Yes, And there's no thought about the health consequences. No, because well, they it's don't a process of manipulation. Whereas yeah. if you're in some sort of, you know, if you're in some native uh, culture, uh, whether it's in the United States, South America, something like that, and they're using tobacco, it's for a different purpose and it's going to have a different effect. Yeah. But this is, this is not only tobacco. This is everything in our society. Sure. It's like that. Sure. It's just that to, uh, cigarettes are so easy to attack because they're yeah. so obviously idiotic yeah you know but but the systems we live in like through commercials like indoctrinations so you need this toothpaste you need this thing you need to go there you need to have to do that and if you're not conscious about it you become a sheep or a robot and and the way to get out of the sheep robot uh, uh, kind of trap is just to become conscious of it yeah yeah and that's what it means to kind of get plugged out of the matrix like for the movie The Matrix, yeah. you know, and, and people yeah. have, are using this analogy uh, that you want to get plugged out of The Matrix. Yeah. And, and that's just becoming conscious of why am I doing all these things I'm doing? Well, so along, along those lines then, along the lines of, of, of being caught up in The Matrix, of listening to this commercial propaganda about different uh, uh, issues uh, of nature... Uh, issues of nature that are then being made into issues of commerce. Yeah. You know, what do you think about the current situation with the coronavirus? What are your thoughts on how people are reacting to it? What are your thoughts on how, um, on how uh, uh, government instances are portraying everything about COVID? Well, I think talk to me about that. What it, do you think? I think that it's it's obvious that nobody knows nothing. Or very little. I but saw yesterday they're running around in Wuhan uh, from the World Health Organization trying to find the origin of it in Wuhan, and they they're just even, coming up empty. They don't even know the origin. So there's so many questions. But then we have this democracy where we have chosen people to lead for us. Yeah. We pay taxes, and we, uh, we vote people in that we want to trust, <laughs> and we vote them in and say, okay, you take care of that for me so I can go to work and be a family guy. And whatnot. That's yeah. what we do. And these people have never been in this situation before. But they have, they're part of a system where they can't go, oh, I was wrong there. Oh, he was wrong. And then the other political party that wants thrown out of their government, they're going to use that statement for what it's worth. Yeah. Because it's it's a shit show. Yeah. Like, because everything comes from a polarized idea that it's me against you. Yeah. It, that, that's kind of the... I have to be right and you have to be wrong. Yeah. That's kind of the, the, the bottom uh, kind of ground that we build everything on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So whatever we try to do, it will always end up in polarization. So it doesn't. We can't fix this system. We, like I said last time, we have to tear it down and build a new system. And that's a overwhelming for most people. Yeah. So I even talked to a guy, a friend of mine, who's a politician for the for the Heide, the Conservatives, yeah. and he said 
totally he totally agree with me but it's and it asked me so, but, but what can we do well you're sailing the ship just over the edge i'm saying and he said yeah i know but i i can't see any other solutions so <sighs> so and i feel like i have to do something so i'm that's what i'm doing and that dawned on me that okay even knowingly because he can't see any other hope yeah, yeah. he'll go okay i'll just drive this car till it crashes that's kind of a a, 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 a a sentiment that he's become comfortable with then and, and just is that just a cop out isn't that just an easy way to I stop, think it's a to, cop. Not, to not have to think I think it's a cop out but 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 then is again, that an easy way to not have to be creative we're talking about creativity no, I'm trying you know? not to blame people I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt and that people always are doing their best with the cognitive abilities that they have uh, so when people make horrendous decisions i try to stay in the frame of mind that it's not because they're evil it's because they're very confused yeah even in all of this craziness um and thank god trump is gone but yeah. even in the midst of all of his craziness uh i never hated him you always hear this thing that you know i hate trump i never hated him for the most i felt sorry for him yeah. because i felt that he is Something is twisted. Something has confused him. Something has led him astray. Did you see that picture of him that was taken the same day he lost when he kind of dawned? Where he, yes. Where he had obviously been crying. Yes. And he looked like a little boy. Thank you. It was looking I in the camera. I pointed that out to my wife. Yes. Yeah. He looked like a different man. He looked like a little boy it, that, that didn't get the candy. It looked like he woke up and someone spanked him and told him, you are not the most important person in this house. Exactly. That is exactly what he looked like. And, and living in a world where that will provoke people pointing and laughing is something I want to go away from because mm -hmm. we'll never get out of the me, us against them, me, you kind of polarization by thinking like that. So even someone as crude and who's done so many um, really, really not yeah. likable things yeah. as, yeah. as that man. When you look into those eyes and you remember that he was once a toddler, he was once a little boy who obviously, according to his aunt, was just, you know, tortured by his dad yeah. every day, told that you were yeah. worthless, you sh you're not your brother, you should have been better. Yeah. This is the environment he's been growing up in. And now we're into getting into interesting territory here, John, John Allen, because... What it boils down to is how we raise our kids. Yeah. And because we're programmed through childhood and unprogramming that program is it's very hard to do. Extremely difficult. I am one who believes that if you want to change the future, then you need to focus on how you're raising your kids. That, that's that's you want to change the path of society, you gotta focus on how you're raising you your children. That's what you gotta do. And, and and everything else else is just, you know, um, Everything else is just noise. Noise. Isn't it? Even politics. Isn't it? Yeah. I have a friend. I of course, Obviously, I used to be a politician, so I have friends who, who You used to be a politician? I didn't know that. Yeah, for the but Green Party. I um, didn't know that. How long ago was this? Um, I got uh, a couple of years ago. I, that I, recent? Uh, yeah. So, but, I didn't know uh, that. Interesting. But, but, but people, people in politics tend to say, oh, but everything is politics. And then That's I not true. and then I counter and say nothing is politics, and then if they have a little philosophical strain in them, they'll start laughing because they understand that that's true. It's all a matter of how you look out 
into it. Isn't it just the ebb and flow of consciousness and where you choose to focus it? That's all there that is. That has nothing to do with politics. It's had nothing to know? do with politics. It's just a tool, and it's a, a tool that, that, that is starting to look um, worn out. Uh, the way the pol politics are being done because of the polarization that it creates. Well, what kind of leadership structure should we have uh -huh. optimally then? Is there an well, answer for that? That's a, no, there's not an answer for that. But there are uh, places to start that discussion that we yeah, have. Because within the political system that we do have, let's accept that we have the system that we have. Um, that does not cancel us from being able to influence it or influence ourselves in ways that bring about changes to this now, uh, the, to, to this current political system that we do have. No, so we can change it by our own attitude. We have to change this by, by our own attitude, and, yeah. and not only attitude, but by getting to understand that we are not our identity. The identity that we have um, is not our real, the real me. Expl explain that. That's deep. Yeah. So we got to get deep to, 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 to solve this. And so I'm talking about me. Mm -hmm. I'm not a guitar player. No. No, I'm not a musician. No. I'm, I'm not a father. I'm not a husband. I'm, I'm, I'm not any of those things essentially. Uh, essentially, I'm just consciousness experiencing uh, um, this planet through this body now if i start there you know mm. you're you're you it's a blank slate it's a completely <sighs> blank slate no ideas that i should be doing this right. or i should be doing that uh it's it's expected of me that i should none of that's there right it's just a blank slate right i'm manifestation of consciousness experiencing a life let's start there okay so how long can you stay in that um frame of mind without oh th there's a there's a guitar maybe i'll start playing a guitar oh that was effective people start noticing me well i'm still just consciousness yeah. experiencing this life yeah. if i want to i can put a lot of identity uh, markers on the, my position as a guitar player and most of us have done it and most of us do it because all of a sudden you get the girls and the drugs and the deals and the money and everything comes in and it takes a really strong heart and a strong back to make the right choices in those right. situations Right. and we get um, challenged every day to get off our path, off, and the, by path I mean the knowing that I am just consciousness experiencing life through this body. Yeah. So the second I start getting ideas about who I am, I'm drifting away from the moment. I'm drifting away from that essential um, light. Because if you start thinking who you are, then you're going to expect things of yourself. Exactly. Things that you things that won't necessarily. Uh, make your vision clearer or your path straighter. Exactly. So, so like <laughs> uh, the flowers you have in your uh, home here, they're not expecting anything of themselves. Right. They're just there. They're just there. Living. And if they get sunlight and water, yeah. they'll thrive. Yeah. You know, and sunlight and water is part of the 
ecosystem that they are created in and th- that they kind of arose in. So even that's just part of a system that that's a no-brainer that just happens. Yeah. So no one has to, oh, the rain doesn't say, well, I guess I'll rain now. You know, it but, just rains. But the difference between the rain and plants and us is that we have, we are thinking beings. Well. Is that thinking process supposed to be suppressed? Because expect, expectation, ambition, things like that, those are, yeah. those are in a way the, the curse of being sentient. You know, the plant over there isn't sentient. Um, um, I'm not so sure about that. Um, that's true. You know what? Because there have been studies that have proven that they respond to certain tones in voice. And they sing they respond, and they, they communicate with each other. Yes, and I think that we've that's only true. scratched that's the surface. Yeah, so let me take that comment away because they, there is proof that, uh, or at least the, there's a thought that they are possibly sentient. Possibilities. Yes, yes, yes. So let me take that statement away. But, but the question is, is, is sentience, is consciousness then... Um, a burden because it is our consciousness that leads us to wanting things, to expecting things, and that pulls us off of our true path. Not, qu- it? not quite. Uh, it's not our consciousness. It's okay. It's our. It's what we like to call our ego. Ah. And the ego has been has a ne- negative connotation to it, but the ego is a, a, an inevitable part of uh, the human experience and the human being a human. And uh, without the ego, we wouldn't have survived as a species. Because yes. it's the ego that made us protect our land, protect our family mm-hmm. from cave bears and whatnot, you know. And, and going that, no, I can't give you my crop because then I won't have enough for my family. Yeah. So I'm sorry for that you don't have any food, yeah. but I need this for my family or my wife and children will starve. Because no one is, if, if I give away, okay, I'll let my family die so you can, you can live. <laughs> it's not a very sensible way of thinking because right. uh, I can trust my own head and, uh, and my own um, dealing with my resources when it's me and my family. And okay, we'll do this as a team. Yeah. Yeah. But if I just give away that to someone I don't know, and I don't know how, how they are going to kind of handle that. or yeah. so, so everything points, but like when you're on an airplane, you put the oxygen max mask on yourself, even before you put it on your child. Yeah. It's because if you pass out, you won't be able to help, help your child anyway. Right. So you need to make sure that you're healthy. And if we look uh, further down that line and see what that means, you're coming to places that are, uh, for instance, self-love. Like how much self-love are you able to give yourself? Yeah, because it's all. Well, there's a fine line. There's a balancing uh, act when it comes to self love. What do you mean? Well, um, well, well um, it can go over into arrogance. Oh, but, but th- then it's not self love. Isn't uh, is it arrogance just uh, uh, expansive self love? Isn't no. it self love in overdrive? Isn't no. that arrogance? No, it's, it's, uh, arrogance is when your ego uh, starts telling you that you're better than someone else. Okay, I see. But if you. Through meditation, you can learn to recognize what's the ego and what's not. And you do it with techniques that of observation. So you go, who is thinking this thought? Because you're able to observe the thought. So 
that means one thing for sure, you can't be that thought because you're observing it. Exactly. Like you can't touch your right forefinger with your right forefinger. Right. So that means that that forefinger is my finger. So, but a thought that just comes in, I think we talked about this the last time, um, it'll just go again if you don't connect your emotions to it. Yeah. So the reason that we go and think is that we connect emotions to the thoughts. Right. Uh, but if we learn how not to do that, the thoughts will just disappear. And if that thought was me, how can it disappear again? Right, right. It, it's, exactly. it doesn't make any sense. Well, negative thought is such a burden that we put on ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and when I say we, I mean humankind. <laughs> um, the tendency to weigh oneself down with negative thought. I mean, it... It, we're primed to do it. We are. We yeah. are. Yeah, we're primed to do it, uh, especially the way um, that religion has taught us that we are sinners, which it's kind of in the bottom of this. So, uh, you know, whipping yourself and, and just going on uh, that, oh, today I didn't make this, I, didn't, I did this wrong. Instead of the cliche, which is focusing on everything you did right. Every th- day, everyone does something right. <laughs> every, I'll, I'll take it even further. People do a lot of things right every single day. Most things they do right. Yeah, exactly. But the tendency for a lot of people is to focus on those negative things. Just like in the media now. So you focus on those that very strange crew that, that took over the capital or tried yeah. to take a, over the capital. Uh, I don't think... Most people, I don't think they are most people. Far from I, it. I, I think that because the media writes about it and because it's such an extraordinary happening, yeah. uh, we get the feeling that this is a huge problem and this is something. But I think it's not. I think that most people are good people who just yeah. want to get on with their lives. <clears throat> because of my podcast, a lot of people ask me, and, and I actually make conscious effort to not let my podcast fall into the category of being a political podcast. Yeah. But having said that, politics do get discussed on my podcast because it's about having conversations with people, and a lot of people are yeah. very occupied with politics. But one thing that I that I, I, I make very clear is that, um, like you said, these people who did what they did at the Capitol building is such a small percentage of... I, I'm seeing here in Norway, you know, this is where I live, so all of these references are, are, are Norwegian references, where Norwegians will come to me and they'll say, John, aren't you worried? Uh, your country is, is falling apart. And my answer is, is it really? When you look at those people who fall into the QAnon conspiracy theories, the people who stormed the Capitol building, uh, they are, if you, if, you, if you divide the country up into uh, Democrats and Republicans, Republicans are roughly... 36% of the populace. And then of the Republican Party, um, 65% of them distance themselves from the QAnon conspirators. Mm. So then that should tell you mathematically that those people who engaged in the insurrection are such a small, small micro percentage Tiny. of American society. So then I, I, I put the question back to them, knowing all of this, are you going to say the, the United States is falling apart? No, it's not. That's sensationalism. That's media hype. That's uh, uh, political pundits making their living by 
by by having that discussion. Now, what it's a matter of focus, I believe. Yeah, and and uh, and semantics. Mm. So uh, and semantics. Uh, yeah. So so you can say that everything is changing all the time, and sometimes things are changing more than other times. Yes. Yeah. And uh, now we're at a time where things are changing really big, and uh, and when we have big changes, we have fear. And when we have fear, we have uh, um, unwise actions, reactions to that fear, you yeah. know? Uh, have you ever feared change? Yes, when I was a child, I suspect uh, I had a fear of change. But but the way I grew up, I remember when my grandma died, um, and especially when my parents divorced, you know, like all these fundamentally deep uh, examples of change in my life you know yeah. when your parents split and you're, you're that's all a of a serious sudden uprooting that's a serious uprooting and all of a sudden you don't see your dad for 22 years and all yeah. all that which happened to me and then you can deal with that in uh, several ways um, but the best way to deal with it is just to accept it and to see how am I reacting to that and to give yourself a lot of love and compassion for the sadness that you get. So that's why uh, this it's a common misconception, like you said, that uh, won't you get arrogant if you give yourself too much self-love? No. If you always remember that you are in service, you are cre you're a creative being, and that creativity is in service of the rest of the world. So what makes you feel good is basically just a service to others. Yeah. So the uh, so if you don't lose that focus that you are in service, you will never get arrogant. But you will say, wow, I needed this bath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I bought this toothpaste because yeah. it's really, it's with aloe vera and it's really, really nice on my gums. Instead of thinking, oh, I'll buy this cheap first price toothpaste because I'm not, I, I can't use, right, use money right. on that. Right. You know, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Just right. going, no, I'm going to buy this coffee brand because it's, I really enjoy coffee and I yeah. want every cup to be like an experience yeah. so i can be like like uh, um, uh, you know in the in twin peaks where i can go hmm damn good coffee <laughs> you know every time you know is that too much to ask of a life uh, you in know, a country like norway yeah. i don't think so no no but the thing is that most people lose their heads because they see oh i'm making all this money so it's not about the coffee cup anymore. It's about, oh, I need to get this car or I need to get this house or I need to get whatever is not something that you actually need. It's just something that signals that I've been successful. Right. And um, you shouldn't have to be um, wanting to signal your success because your success is who you have become as a human. And uh, that will signal by, again, like a plant will grow by itself. Yeah. That signal will shine by itself if you just let it. I'm a believer in just living my life and, and uh, that whole concept of being in, in, in service. Um, I truly believe when you, when I uh, am able to reach out and help someone in any way, um, of course it helps them, but I believe it helps me as well. 
there's this thing first and foremost it, it helps you yeah it starts with what it does with you yeah. and, and that's what we have to be come aware of so we everyone could understand that Oh, we'd have a different world. We'll have a totally different world. We would world. have a different world. Yeah. We wouldn't have these arguments that we're having these no. days. You know, it's it's so obvious that, um, I mean, you, you speak so clearly, so fluently uh, on your philosophies of life. Uh, and it's obvious that it is, is it's quite sincere. I, I hear it in your tone of voice. I hear it in the words themselves. I see it on you. I hear it in your music. Where, do, you know, you weren't born that way. Where did the, well, I take that back. You probably were. I think kids, I think babies are born that way. But things get in the way. But things get in the way of that, and we get polluted with negativity and anxiety and things like that. Was there a turning point in your life when you started on the current path that you're on? Because you are on a path of peace, you're on a path of service, kindness, warmth. When did that start? Well, uh, it started. Many times, but it started by, by ah stop and start yeah, yeah. stop and start yeah. like a trillion times but sure it's, but I had a mystical experience back in the late nineties so I wanted to get a explanation uh, on that mystical experience and and that that's basically when it started but but all the pain that I've gone through was needed for me to get out of my own head uh, so through the the last. Uh, 10 years, uh, I've been in a really good place now the, the past two years, but, but the last 10 years. I've had some experiences like with uh, divorce and breakups and, and uh, really serious things that, yeah. that forced me to um, break free of my p- pain body. Uh, because I was caught up in my pain body and uh, I didn't know how to get out of it. But then I realized... It's possible to get used to pain and suffering and discomfort. Well, not only get used to it, but that Thrive you use it. that as your identity for living. I am... It's your fuel for I life. am the yeah. bitter, uh, you know, yeah. guy who never made it. Yeah. That's my identity. Yeah. So every day I woke up, eh, it's another day for the bitter uh, guy yeah. who didn't make it. You know, if that's your frame of mind every day, that's how your life's going to be. Yeah. Um, but if your frame of mind every day is that I... I'm loving awareness. Wow. And then you go and start your day. It's going to be a different yeah. day, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> imagine, seriously, for anybody who's listening, imagine waking up and that is your first thought. Yeah. I am loving awareness. And then put the wow on it at the end. Wow. You know? wow. <laughs> imagine waking up and, and that is your first thought for the day. Yeah. So you can prime yourself to have that as your first thought. I had a football coach in college who told me that the first thing, the first thought I should have, when, because, you know, everything, you know, the, 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 the studies and the whole college ex- experience, that kind of will take care of itself. But if you want to excel as a football player, the first thought you should have, John, when you wake up is that you are going to do what it takes training wise to better yourself. Today, I'm going to get better Mm. i'm going to get stronger i'm going to get faster i'm going to get better conditioning and if you put that thought in your head as soon as you wake up and then make sure you repeat that throughout the day it will come to be Mm. it it will and that was a rather interesting application of that way of thinking because he applied it only in the, the the sense of football playing american football 
But but, uh, but, but actually, it's a universal. It's a universal exactly. law. It's and something it's you can apply to your life anything. in general. Yeah. yeah, and should apply to your life because that's an, it's a law of nature, uh, and it's starting to seep into the collective consciousness that it actually is. And I'm sure that in 50 years from now, it's going to be taught in schools. Uh, no doubt about it. I was thinking about yeah. that. Why isn't these kinds of these ways of thinking, these methods of meditation and things like that, uh, uh, do you feel that there's a place for that in school today? And the answer is yes. You say in, in the future uh, you think it might actually be taught in school. It has to be for uh, us to survive. You would think, yeah? Yeah. Based on where we are today and what's, what's happening today. Yeah, because all the old systems are falling apart now. So a lot of, you can see a lot of new ways of schooling that are popping up. You've seen that uh, in the last um, 50 years, l like the Montessori uh, schools yes. and, uh, and uh, Steiner schools and uh, yeah. all that. But also even uh, at Akademia in Drammen, which got this prize now for being the best school in Norway. What's it, what's it called? Akademia, okay, yeah, yeah. which is a, a college. Uh, and they are kind of impl uh, implementing some of the Montessori ways ah. of, of, of thinking, which gives you freedom. So basically... Is that a V, is that a v that'll go on the school? Yeah, yeah. I've never heard... Why haven't I heard of this? Because it's, it's private. Right here in it's, it's private, basically. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, private schools, I guess, have a tendency to be kind of under the surface. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Wow, okay. So, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah... Uh, so I lost my train of talk. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, um, you know, here's what we were talking about: is what happened, or, or uh, uh, anyway, answered it. We were, I, I asked what happened to get you on the current path that you're on, and then you mentioned that it was an off and on type of thing. You had to restart several times. Yeah, so you you are. Um, uh, can I then make the assumption that you are used to failure? <laughs> yeah and and that can be funny that but there's there's a humor under that but 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 isn't failure an opportunity for gaining knowledge and growth exactly when you then get isn't it when you get out of your pain body and yeah. self-pity because if you wallow in that mire too long you're gonna just hate yourself really really bad now i've been there i've been there yeah recently really unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. well then you know yeah yeah so you want to get out of that place, right? Yeah, and and I'm, I'm I, I've, cl I've climbed out of there since then. But it, I, I think about this all the time. I said to my wife, I said to Snoopy yesterday, I said, Espen, he he's got he he's got it together, at least from my from the way I see it. <laughs> Espen looks like the kind of guy who doesn't quite know, but he has a pretty good idea of what's going to happen when he dies, and he can smile. <laughs> having that knowledge yeah. <laughs> and i think i'm right <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> and, and it's it, it is it, it you know what what a position to be in uh this position of knowing yourself of knowing your potential or at least seeking your potential uh of not wallowing in self-pity um you are the embodiment of all of those well concepts. keep in mind that i have wallowed in self-pity quite a lot but, then, but, <laughs> but, but again isn't isn't life a series of failures and realizations yeah. and failing to be the optimal you is okay because if sure. you failed at it that means that you've learned something from it and then if you have the wisdom 
that we're all born with, you will then do something with that new knowledge. Like I can ask your listeners, put up a hand everyone who hasn't failed in their life. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no one can put up their hand. So, yeah. So, so, so the question becomes, what do you do with that how failure? How do you deal with yes, the failure? Exactly. That's, that's everything. And if you have put a lot of identity up to making this getting that job uh getting that record deal doing all these things if you if you if you cash that in before it happens which we have a tendency to do because we so much want to be successful yeah yeah um, be, be a wonderful failure you make everything <laughs> uh, uh, all the misery in the world possible for you yeah because yeah. when you don't get it and you won't get it and i assure you you will not get that job you will not get that record deal 100 percent you so will then, not so when you then do not get that record deal or that job you will get disappointed yeah. so, but whereas if you go into this that oh, i'm just loving awareness and i'm just creativity experiencing itself mm -hmm. through this body on this planet if you get back to that state of being yeah you're just whoa who are you well i'm a record executive wow Okay, and uh, why do you want to talk to me? Yeah. Well, uh, I was considering releasing your music. Okay, so <laughs> what's in it for you? <laughs> you know, good question for that. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, see what I did there? Mm -hmm. That I have control over the yes. situation. Yes. I've never done that when I've been in that real situation. I've done the exact opposite. Yeah. We'll want to give you a record deal. Oh, really? Thank you. I'm so humbled by that. Uh, wh where can I sign? Yeah. Oh, th wh what's this little tiny little writing <laughs> in the bottom? Oh, don't worry about that. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll just write here then. Okay. Did I just sign my, my life earnings to you now? <laughs> yes, you did. But yes, you did. you'll get your 15 minutes of fame in return, you know? <laughs> I've been there so many times I can't. Yeah. Count, but then all of a sudden there's an alarm that goes off and you go, whoa, is it really true that I can't control the, these loops that I'm in? Yeah. I have to get to the bottom. Because if that's so, if, I, if this is out of my control, I might as well just go and jump in the ocean because this, <laughs> is, this is, you know, it's silly. If this is the amount of yeah. control that I have or yeah. over my life, and then I started to work on meditation and esoteric principles and right. work with plant medicine and ceremonies and stuff like that. See, I think it's true that opportunity then, does come to you. You are possible to draw opportunity to you. Um, maybe not in a physical sense, but that yeah. your, your awareness, your, 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 your mental state of being opens up a vision yeah. to where you can see opportunity. Yeah. Cause you see the flow of energy. Yes. Because everything is energy, even scientists agree on that. And you can become aware of the flow of that energy. Yeah. And when that becomes an awareness in you, it's hard. It's that's kind of a tipping point. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that's you know, when you can say you can become get an insight or become enlightened or, or all these yeah, words. That life changing that people, moment. That, that that you understand that I can just sit here now, you know, and, and, and not engage. Yeah. And that doesn't mean to be passive. No. That just means that I'm not engaging because engaging in this will cause me pain. Yeah. 
so I'm not engaging. Oh, don't you care about the Me Too movement? Don't you care about Black Lives Matter? Of course. But going in that room with all those screaming <laughs> people. That's not the way to... No. That's not my way no. of working for world peace. No. So I choose not to do that. Yeah. Uh, and especially today, it's really hard to, to keep that balance because people are demanding so much of you. Yeah. We're expecting, we're putting up these frames on our Facebook profiles that kind of is almost a passive aggressive statement that goes <laughs> that uh, I'm going to do this. And uh, if you don't put up the, you know, I'm going to take the vaccine. Yeah. And if you're not putting up that mail, are you an anti-vaxxer? Yeah. Are you a yeah. tinfoil crazy QAnon, <laughs> you know, flat earther? Yeah. No, there's a, a lot of points between these two extremes, sure. yes. you know? Yeah. Uh, People forget that. Every polarized. Um, we talked about everything being polarized. Yeah, because now it's so polarized, nuances yeah. are out the door. There are no nuances, which is why I quit politics, which is why, why I, I do not comment on Facebook on anything as, except for presenting my philosophy and music. Yeah. That's all I do and, and give people love and uh, saying happy birthday to them. You have, you, a great, you have a great social media presence because you're right. It is just those warm, positive um thoughtful things mm. that you put out there i love it it's 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 a relief we'll be in the world what you need want to see in the world you know yeah. and, and if there's a lot of hate well at least i'm not putting the hate out there right so i'm doing my part sure so if everyone could think like that like oh i'm not gonna write this comment now it really is that simple it's that simple yeah nobody really cares even and and your opinion about this and that it nobody cares it nobody means cares. nothing i think when people and speaking for myself if i ever put any kind of opinion out there it's just to make myself feel better yeah it it's you your just, ego. people people are just trying to make themselves feel better it's your ego yeah. uh, you're getting fueled and nobody really cares really I, the person nobody posting cares. it is the one who cares the most yeah. and then it just gets filtered down to less and less caring after that <laughs> It's, it's so really the way insignificant. It you can go up in the in our beautiful you know woods that surround our town, uh, you yeah. know, which I do uh, as much as I can. And the second you step into the forest, ah. you understand yes. that you know you see the little fox passing by, you hear the birds, um, you see this occasional little uh, snake going by, and I even saw a badger, and I've seen. Yeah, uh, Wolverine tracks and yeah, and all of a sudden you realize, you know, this is reality. Mm. You know, where there are no concepts; it's just an organism, just it's just being, being. Yeah, and we don't have to think that we have to superimpose anything into this already perfect harmony because we only ruin it, and that's what we're doing now. I wonder what the what kind of changes could be made um, considering the me, concerning the mental health of people in this city if everyone got a prescription or as they call it in Norway a recept from their doctor that says that they have to go and walk up in the, the mountains yeah. up above this town uh, twice a week just twice a week twice a week a half hour each time well, how, how much healing that would be for people it's it's happening in the way it should be happening it's becoming fashion it is yeah and yeah. and that's not a coincidence it's a deep longing inside the hum, human uh, condition 
that has had enough. Yeah. We're tired. And uh, we're tired of the media spreading fear. We've handled it up until the corona crisis. But now we have the corona crisis addition to that where we can't be social and we become, uh, our mental health is challenged by that. Yep. And then we can see that we don't, we don't have any tolerance to accept yeah. all the fear mongering. Yeah. We, we, we don't have any uh, 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 strength left to deal with the fear mongering. Well, I tell people uh, uh, a cure for that, uh, f free medicine, you know, get in your car, you drive five minutes up onto the mountainside here, you can park your car, all kinds of places, park your car, and then just start walking. Yeah. And do that for just a half hour, a couple times a week, and see what it does for your life. See what it does for your health. Yeah. See what it does for your way of thinking. See what it does for your entire life. And some people, it's medicine. It's free medicine. And some people can't leave their um, troubles behind. Uh, so then you got to do it again and again and make conscious how you are the one holding on to your troubles. Yeah. Because there's no one. The troubles aren't holding on to you. No. It's, and, it's the other way around. Yeah, it's the other way around. And no one's forcing you to hold on to them. But. That's an illness in society that we think we have to feel bad. Yeah, I have, because to, be, I have to deal with this. I have to, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I think it's come from comes from being a sinner, and it has a lot to do with the Christian dogmas that we are born to sin, which I believe is not right. I just don't believe in that either. Uh, so uh, it's just a way to control people. So I'm a Christian, and I don't believe that. Yeah, we I talked about we that. We talked about that, yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking about... <laughs> You know that no one in the Bible had the had a Bible, right? Right. Yeah. Think about that. Think about that. No one in the Bible had a Bible. What does that mean? Right? What yeah. lies in there, you know? Yeah. So everything is just fingers pointing in a direction. Yeah. But they're not the direction. They're not the or they're not the the focal point. Right. Uh, which is uh, inside us, like Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is inside you, and even that it's even in the Bible in Luke, and he says it so clear, and even because of that statement, still Christianity believes that heaven is somewhere outside of you and that hell is an existing place that's also outside of you. Whereas heaven and hell is inside you. And you don't reach heaven when you die. You can or hell when you die, you reach heaven or hell in life. Yep. It's how you live. Yeah. And that's what Jesus was saying. And and heaven is inside you. And heaven is not identifying with external um, things it's internal it's a state of being like it's i said state you are loving awareness that's yeah. all you are you are um, creativity in a vessel experiencing life on a planet back to that focus all every time just realign yourself to that focus and all the things that you worry about loses meaning yeah everything loses meaning yeah why don't I have these conversations with you daily? It's so easy to pick up the phone and talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not daily, but we, we it'd get kind of tiring every day. <laughs> every day would be. A, I, I, I would suggest you. I, I'd, I'd give you some books to read. Yeah, thanks, instead. thanks. <laughs> but 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 the thing is, like with my mom, 
she's like so interested. Uh, I mean, she's 83 now. So she's so old, right? She's, she was born in a different time. Mm -hmm. And I, I said that because she's listening to what I say. And then she's like, wow, yeah, I understand that. I understand what you're saying. And then when the talk is over, I can see her just snapping back to her old ways. Ah. Um, because you have to intrigate, or no, what's the world? In, uh, well, you in have to music. live it. You in, can't in, just integrate. You, you have to in integrate, integrate yeah. it into your life. Yeah. So just studying something is just half the job. Right. You the have to half, implement it. You, you have, have to put it into practice. You have to put it into practice. And the human body is fairly flexible, but we have to uh, understand that we have to create new um, neuro patterns in our brain. Yeah. And we are doing that actively. It's something we have to do. And that's difficult. It's like I compare it to uh, digging a ditch and filling up an old old ditch at the same time. That's I see. How, that's how difficult it, yeah. it is to create new neural patterns. Yeah. But it's possible. And it's what we do. And if we didn't have challenges in this life, it would be meaningless. Yeah. We're here to be challenged and it deals I've always with said challenges. I've always said challenge means growth. When I'm faced with sure. a challenge, when I'm faced with any kind of an obstacle, I want to come come out of it on the other side stronger, smarter, you know, more durable, uh, whatever. I want something to happen because of that challenge. But you need to get to that point in and uh, and realize that that's how the, it works. And before you get to that point, you are uh, investing in your pain body, and you're just getting you know hurt and miserable yeah. until you go i can't be miserable anymore yeah how do i stop being miserable yeah. and then you start seek the answers and then you have to be open oh yeah but i can't start believing that because that contradicts with oh something from the place would causes mystery I yeah think, so i, I, I think I, i'll maybe do it i uh, see a lot of po people in that political world who are living that right there they are faced with the truth and they within themselves acknowledge that truth, but yeah. they can't change because they've made everyone believe that they exactly. are this person, that person with these thoughts. A another so example yeah. for why the, that system is flawed and, and we need a new one. Yeah. Wow. So, I, uh, do away with politics. I think the, po the political system we have, it's not sustain sustainable. I think everybody knows it. You know, you mentioned the politician who says that they know that this isn't working. Mm. Um, it's going to take time, but I think things are going to change and it's going to change for the better. It's changing fast. Yeah. Yeah. Really, it's escalating so quickly. I think by 2025. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very different world 2025 than we experience today. I think the change is just escalating. It's going quicker and quicker and quicker. Yeah. And what is changing? Well, humanity is waking up to how to disconnect from the matrix so yeah. everything we see is evolutionary principle in action yeah. so we don't have to do anything john we can sit here and talk about it on your pod but what to do about all these horrible things happening in the world and i say be loving awareness it's all you can do. Yeah. It's all you should do. Yeah. And if everyone knew that, all the bullshit would end. See, and that's why I like talking with you like this, um, uh, not only for myself, but for anybody who's listening. When they hear you say these kind of things, if we just get one person 
to have that, oh yeah, Espen, Espen Jurgensen, he's, he's right. I'm going to try that. If we can just get one person, one person at a time to start turning to this well, I'll, way of thinking. Yeah, I see what you mean. I think we're going to have, have to rephrase it because, because I can't get anyone to change. The only person no, you, you can get there. to change. Yeah, you put it out there, but you have to change. Sure. So, yeah, right? Yeah. I can change you. Totally agreed. Totally you have agreed, to change. But, but you have to understand. My words has to, or someone's words has to resonate with you. Sure. And connect with the truth that we all carry inside. But I think your words do resonate with people. That's my whole thing is I think that people listening to this, if there's only one person who feels the resonation in, in the things that we're talking about right here, that's it, the way it works. It, it, it's, the, it's the wave effect. That's the way it works. Like when, when it comes to my music songs I've written and I get this one email, this song changed my life. Thank you for writing it. And that happened to me actually. Yeah. I, I believe wrote, it. Yeah. I wrote a song uh, that I haven't recorded myself, but I wrote it for someone else. And, and I got this letter that it had saved mm. a person's life, at least in her words. And I have to believe those words. Yeah. Those things do happen in music. P and, music and John, really touches people. John, that's a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Of success right there. Yep. If I died the next day, I would have accomplished yeah. my work on this planet. Just from that one instance. From that yeah. Changing the life of one fellow human being i hear if you, you if everyone can do that during their lifetime it's all it's all that's needed yeah. you know and that happens when you're in service and back then i wasn't conscious of being in service now i am and now i see it as i'm grateful for the opportunity to be in service instead of being grateful for getting something that'll bring me success or fame or money that's or, so tiring if you if, if if you're in that mindset if that's what you want out of life i would i just picture that being so tiring it's extremely tiring. it's exhausting and you are likely to not succeed so you're just gonna wear yourself down for nothing most don't succeed some yeah. of course do some and, do and we use them ex examples but at what cost? that it works but, at but what cost? yeah we'll see now hollywood breaking uh together falling apart and all the people coming out with their stories and everybody's can, moving out of hollywood yeah. I've, used, I've been following along with really? it. people people are leaving in droves uh and most of them are going to places like arizona and texas yeah. it's very interesting interesting There's, there's talk of a new Hollywood uh, arising in, in uh, uh, Austin, Texas. Wow. Austin's a cool city. I've never been, I've driven through there mm. when I was a truck driver, but I never stopped. But everyone says it is the least Texas place in yeah. all of Texas. Uh, that's true. <laughs> it's a very, it's got a very European vibe, yeah. actually. So it's Liberal, strange. laid back, quiet, and loving. And, and so much good music has yeah. come from there. So Yeah. Yeah, no, that like you say yourself, there's a change going, there's change happening. All the old systems, uh, just, they shouldn't be revised. They should be left behind, and new systems are to be impl implemented. And every time this has happened before in the world, uh, it has been a travesty. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the chance now because of the globalization, because everyone is in contact with everyone. And we have reached a level of collective consciousness that makes it possible for us 
to do this for the first time in the universe, history of the universe. Mm -hmm. So for the first time, we can transcend without there being a travesty. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Without tribes going, getting into tribalism and tribes killing people and like the fall of the Roman Empire, like fall of yeah. all the empires, they end. And everything ends in this system and it gets reborn. Yeah. So that the fact that we're losing our old systems is not sad. It's, it's just, not a bad thing at all. <laughs> it's, we make it's, it sad. Exactly. Yeah. So if we just... Fear of change. We talked about that a while ago. Yeah. yeah. So if we just remember that we are just loving awareness and creativity, experiencing life through a vessel on a planet. Living awareness and creativity. That is you, Espen Jurgensen. <laughs> Thanks, John. I, I, I love I these talks with you, man. Um, this is only your second time on the podcast, but we've had a couple of telephone conversations. And I tell you, I... I'm constant, you say things that resonate and they don't, I'm not talking about it's something that'll have me thinking for the next hour or two or even for the rest of the day. I'm talking about you say things that have me thinking for days, weeks, wow. and I love it. Uh, several times, I, I don't go back and listen to my own podcast episodes. I don't do that. I think it's weird, but I go back and listen <laughs> really? to that conversation that we had. Wow. I've done that several times. There's so much in there. Um, wow. It, uh, Thank you. You talk about being in service. You have done such a great service for me and hopefully for people who are listening. Is that Snoopy that just came out? It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> That's my signal that I have to wind this up. But let me yeah. finish by saying this. You, you've, you, you've talked about being in service. You have done me a great service in that you have, uh, I, I'm a very thinking, a deep thinking man already, but I've had to get a pickaxe and a shovel and dig even deeper to be even more of a deep thinker because of these conversations with you. And I thank you for that. Thank you for uh, those kind words. Uh, you, uh, you are a true uh, loving brother. Uh, <laughs> and I'm so much, I, I'm uh, a better person for knowing you. Well, man, I love you, man. And uh, thank you. I'm so um, happy that you called me and got me back here. And, and we'll do it again. So and we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Maybe next time it'll be summertime. We'll sit out on the porch again yeah. and, and see if we can beat our four-hour record. <laughs> yeah, see if we can do that. And maybe maybe get maybe uh, get Carolina to come. Maybe I would love uh, to have both of you here. Absolutely. And you know, if I want to, if I want to talk about uh, people who have influenced me, I actually wrote um, a a blog entry. Uh, like 1,500 words on my experience with Carolina because she really moved me. She really motivated me, and it started from the minute I opened the door and I saw her. That woman <laughs> radiates service, kindness, yeah. goodness, yeah. wisdom. I'm telling you, I felt that from the minute I opened the door when she came here. So there's just... Uh, I'm also a better person for having uh, met her and spoken with her. She's amazing. She just, is. She just is. being with her is uh, is healing. You just feel better after you've been with her. I can I can imagine. <sighs> and uh, well, you guys are you guys are a good fit. We are. Um, I haven't seen you guys together, but knowing that you two are together, it it just it fits. My son, it my, fits. my son said the other uh, <laughs> uh, day, or we were together, and uh, he looked up from his computer and he looked at us and he said. You guys are funny together. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah. Because it's a, it's a really, really good vibe and, and we're so alike and we have come to realize the same universal truths so we can focus our energy on what's what's true and uh, as you know we know now that that's being in service to your fellow man there is no there is and i have this with snoopy there's no bs between us no it's everything that a relationship should be and i can see that you again without even seeing the two of you together just knowing what i know about you knowing about how i experienced her when i spoke to, uh, with her you you guys are a perfect mesh oh uh, well it feels like that you yeah. know and and no no um, f- just focus on nonviolent communication every time it happens that you feel you, your grounding is losing you're losing your grounding or that you become hurt or anything you take it in real time yeah. say what you just said made me fe- made me feel like this you don't say whoa you just did this or yeah did there's it. a way of formulating it formulating it that will not lead to the other person closing to, off. To, to, exactly it will lead to an openness in the so you discussion. say that those words made me feel like this yeah and then she can reply so when i said this you felt that she's still manning me well, as opposed to straw manning exactly yeah, yeah. Exactly. so she's big sti- difference <laughs> yeah it's the opposite it's so. the exact opposite yeah so she's still manning me getting her head around that she had gotten my uh, um, what i said correctly yeah and then i can s- confirm to that and say yes that's exactly what happened yeah. and then she can say i can see why that happened why you uh, why that made you feel that way i'm sorry for doing that let me rephrase yeah and then we're back on track it, on cooperation whereas before i knew this had these techniques that would be the end of it that yeah. would be the end of that yeah. day yeah. that would be okay yeah. i'm out of here yeah. i'm going for a walk and then silent you know? treatment for a day or two something yeah. like that you yeah. know and then yeah. you just drift back and and you never solve this thing which will come back into uh it'll be a recurring issue recurring issue again and again and again and again and you want to get out of it you don't want to live your life like that you want to have peace and quiet and love peace quiet and love and service and service that's been Jurgensen. thanks so much for coming in uh as always thanks for having a better man uh as always i hope my listeners are better for it um thanks man thank you thank you (laughs) all right bye everybody Thank you and goodbye.